Hi, this is Jerry Reynolds for Sacramento Electronic Supply, who has been servicing the Sacramento area's industrial electronic needs for over 75 years. Family owned and operated, Sacramento Electronics is a registered California small business that prides themselves on their customer service. Their showroom and warehouse are open to the public to browse. Whether you're looking for wire and cable, tools and testers, connectors or relays, Sacramento Electronics is open for you Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., directly south of Costco in Rancho Cordova. Or, hey, visit them online 24-7 at www.sacelec.com and do it. Oh, another rebound in a crowd by the Brock Ness Monster. Ooh, that would be page of who? Jim Bob Foley? Holy moly. How about the Tasmanian Slovenian with the stop, drop, and pop? Tiffany Hop to the King's Herald Barbershop. You're listening to the King's Herald Show, a bi-weekly NBA podcast that covers all the ups and downs, ins and outs of your one and only Third seed in the Western Conference playoffs, tied 2-2 in a series against the reigning champions, Sacramento Kings. As always, I'm your host, Will Griffith, and with me today, writer for the Kings Herald, my co-host, Tony Zipteris. Tony, how's it going? Will, it was going better, I think, last Tuesday when we recorded, but uh, 2-2 is not so bad either. So, um, still in it, a lot of basketball to play. Let's talk about it. He's a former Sacramento Kings head coach, GM and color analyst, GM of a WNBA champion, Indiana Basketball Hall of Famer. It's the true pride of French League himself, Jerry Reynolds. Jerry, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. How's it going? Well, it's great to be with you guys. And uh, obviously, you know, you're playing the defending champs. Uh, it's still teams that won on their home court. And that's why you want to be third as opposed to sixth. You get one extra home court game. Amen to that, Jerry. Jerry coming in right off the bat with some positivity. I appreciate that, Jerry. We're going to get digging. a little downward I'm digging. today. <laughs> I'm digging, buddy. <laughs> Well, to steal uh, from the off-quoted Tale of Two Cities in describing this month of podcasting, uh, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, as we're uh, back after our Spring of Hope podcast to discuss the last two games and possibly a forthcoming Winter of Despair. But before we get to Masterpiece Theater here, uh, Sacramento Kings have, after taking a 2-0 series lead, dropped the last two in San Francisco. Uh, The series now tied with the Kings uh, having at least one more chance at home on Wednesday night, though possibly now without De'Aaron Fox. So we're going to start with the news on Fox only because it's absolutely vital to discuss his availability. We're going to talk about all the games to come. So it was uh, first reported by Sham Shanaria uh, that Darren Fox has suffered a fractured index finger in his left shooting hand midway through the fourth quarter of Sunday's game three, or, or I guess game four. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that there's still hope Fox will try to play game five on Tuesday, but that Fox would need to play with a protective covering on the finger. He's currently listed as doubtful. So Jerry, Tony, there are 48 hours between the recording of this podcast and the game on Wednesday. How crucial is it that the Kings and Fox find a way to get him out there on the court? And uh, and how bad will it be for the Kings if he can't be out there for the remainder of the series? Well, I mean, for from my standpoint, I mean, it's obviously uh, crucial uh, because Fox has been the best player on the floor for both teams, really, through the early playoffs. And, I mean, that's not degrading Steph Curry, who's been out standing as well but uh you know my feeling is that boy uh i don't know how the kings make up for for a fox that can't really be fox 
uh, and you know, having a, a broken finger on your shooting hand, that's a whole different deal. You know, I mean, so I hope he can play and hope he can play somewhere close to what he is because that you'd still have a chance. Uh, but so, yeah, very depressing news. I mean, you know, certainly uh, it would for the Kings could still win, uh, but it would take uh, different kind of games we've, than we've seen from Herter and, and Davion and, and Monk. They, they all just have to really step up a full notch and they're, they're capable, but uh, that's asking a lot. Tony Fox, has ha- uh, he has a history of playing through injuries. Even earlier this year, he played through a, a leg injury during that seven-game win streak. Um, how are you feeling about the uh, the Fox injury news right now? Not not great, although it, it does sound – it sounds like if you're reading the, the Woj tweet specifically that he's going to try and play, and the Kings are sort of trying to figure out if they can get his finger in a position that is playable. Um, but even still, you know, Jerry mentioned the, the shooting hand part of this. He's so much of their offense, especially down the stretch. I mean, you can stay in games without him being the the leading scorer. But when you when the the game gets tight, there really hasn't been another option for the Kings. And again, if if Sabonis wasn't struggling, and you had Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes who were shooting how they did in the regular season, then you would have more optimism, or at least I would have more optimism that they can overcome a, a loss like this and and win some games against the Warriors. And they can, but I'd feel a lot better about it if there wasn't so many other players in the starting lineup struggling to hit shots. Fox really has been the guy and uh, they need someone else to step up, whether he can play or not, because he's not going to be the same, even if he does go out there. So they need someone who has not been playing well to start playing well. And I don't know who that's going to be. Jerry, I guess I'll, I'll start with the, uh, with the positive outcome here. Uh, Fox seemed to have broken the tip of that left index finger after he smacked hands with uh, Kevin uh, Kevon Looney. Uh, you could see him in discomfort, but then he went on to hit a uh, pull a mid range shot. He hit a couple of free throws. He hit that, that, that three pointer with 30 seconds left. Obviously there's some adrenaline going on there. There's you're in the heat of the game. So you're not really feeling it. If Fox can play only cause you've been a coach, I'm sure you've coached players that were injured like this. Uh, what should fans be expecting in terms of, of performance from a guy like that? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I really haven't uh, had a guy with, you know, basically, part of his finger on his, uh, on his shooting hand. And, and so that would be, yeah, I just think that's a really a big ask. I mean, because you're also talking about his strong hands dribbling and everything. Uh, so you just don't know until you kind of see him. I, and like you pointed out, he did some really good things mm-hmm. after the injury. And so I guess that's the hope that somehow they can protect it and they really won't use lose too much control of his dribble and his shot. Uh, but, you know, I'd like to be positive, but boy, I, I, I'm, that's a stretch, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's a real stretch that, that he could be, you know, if he could give them some good minutes and, and, and be a threat that he is, but yeah, I'm, I'm uh, like I say, I, I guess I'm, it's hard for me to, to get positive about this. Sure. So, so then as a coach, Jerry, how would you prep a guy like Davion who's having a great playoff series uh, already, but who has also not played very many. I mean, he wasn't uh, uh, playing the most regular season minutes. How do you prepare him for an increased role in game five? Well, one thing about Davion, I think uh, the best way to prepare him is say, go, go play. Uh, you know, yeah. you're, you're starting the game or you're going to 
you're going to play 40 minutes because I think he's capable of doing that. I, I've said, and I think we've seen in this series already, the more he plays, the better he plays. I've said that now for two years. I think he's a little bulldog. And, uh, and I think that, uh, so I'm not really worried about Davion. I think he'll, he'll step it up a notch. I, I'm really pretty confident of that. And I'm pretty sure that the Warriors don't want to see 40 minutes to Davion. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah, ask Steph Curry. Uh, so, so I now I, the other part is you really need uh, Herder to become a Herder again. I mean, he's just yeah. been missing in action. And then uh, Monk, you're going to need more from Monk. I mean, Monk is capable and he's been very good, uh, but now he's got to it probably uh, be even better with less mistakes. You know, be a little more under control version of Kevin murder, uh, Kevin Monk. So yeah, it's all that. And, and then, uh, you know, you just need it all across the board. I mean, obviously Sabonis has not played nearly as well as he's capable. And so he's got to have a strong game. All those things can happen. And I mean, it wouldn't be a, a stretch. So, I mean, it's like the, the warriors were better without uh, Draymond green than they were honestly with him. Uh, but I mean, but Draymond isn't nearly as important to their team as as Fox is to to the Kings. Tony, if Fox can't go, uh, who do you see playing backup point guard minutes? Is this Malik Monk, PJ Dozier? Are we bringing in uh, Keon Ellis for a, for a starring role? <laughs> I I think you're going Davion Mitchell in the starting lineup, and then you're letting Malik Monk play a shit ton of minutes off the bench, and maybe not add too much to the rotation. Maybe maybe you add a Kessler Edwards for a few minutes here and there just to really go all in on defense. I feel like you're going to have to almost change your identity a little bit um, if you don't have Fox. And the Kings defended really well in game two at home. So you get a home crowd. Um, you can lock in on defense again. Maybe you get a strong start from Davion defensively, and you can you can make up in some ways what you might lose from Fox, but you got to play differently. And just the, the, just the, it's a much more narrow road, narrower road to victory without Fox. There's ways you can do it and like playing better defense at home and starting Davion and letting him uh, run chase Curry around for 40 minutes. Those things can help, but it's going to be a different kind of Kings win narrower road to victory. And it's, it's going to be a lot tougher, obviously. You know, one, one guy I think kind of interests me and I, I just think Terrence Davis is so capable. True. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think he's got a, he's ever been scared in his life to go out and put up shots. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. You know, it's asking a lot, but I, I mean, I think if you need, you know, it's, he's one of those guys you say, Terrence, Hey, you're going to play a lot. Uh, go make some shots and, and don't be surprised if he does that. But <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's done it before, you know, sure. I mean, it just seems like, most of the time when he gets extended minutes, he's very productive. And this might be that time. We're uh, if we're praying on a, uh, on a Terrence Davis, uh, uh, New Jersey or not New Jersey, Brooklyn Nets game where, where he goes off for 30 randomly off the bench, we might be in some dire straits. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go on to, uh, to the two games here that we, uh, we, we got to, re we recap the first two. So we're going to torture ourselves and recap the second two as well here. Um, so quickly recapping here, game three, that's the one with the Warriors, uh, without Draymond Green, without Gary Payton, they held the Kings to 97 points, uh, winning the game in decisive fashion. I think the final score ended up being like 17 point victory there. Um, think back if you guys can and tell me what changed between the two sets of games, not counting the venue, obviously, 
but that allowed the Warriors to come out in game three with a victory as decisive as that was. Was it coaching? Was it the players being hoorahed into this? Was it was it a refereeing conspiracy to, to, to get the Kings to go to seven games? What was it? Well, you know, my I, I think the simple version for me is that the Kings couldn't make any shots. Yeah. I mean, uh, just a, a really a, one of those nights where poor shot making. And I think the second thing I would say, you're playing the defending champions on their home court, a wounded wounded animal, and uh, you, you knew you are going to get their best effort, and you did. So it was just kind of the convergence of things. I didn't think it possible for the Kings uh, to play as sloppy and miss as many shots as they did because one thing about the Kings, they've taken care of the ball well for most of the year, but, uh, you know, they did in that particular game. So it was a warrior game, and you just have to move on from it, unfortunately. They did, but it was – I'm trying to think of something positive to say about that game, but <laughs> there really isn't. Tony, can you find something in the ether uh, that, that you might consider positive, or do we are we running it back with some, some bad news? My only positive is that – and this isn't a positive from the game. I would just say it didn't really bother me that the Kings lost in the way that they did in the – in just because I expected it. That was the Warriors' tidal wave of offense and their crowd. They don't lose at Chase Center. Jerry mentioned defending champs. They're not going to go down uh, without a fight. And that was that was the Warriors' game to win, and the Kings didn't have the firepower to, to make up for it, and I don't necessarily blame them for that. I don't know how many – like, the way I look at the Kings a lot of the times is can I – would another team perform differently in those moments? And maybe, but you're up 2-0. You're going into Chase Center. You're playing the Warriors. I feel like every team is going to really struggle in that environment against that team. So I don't I don't take too much away negatively from the Kings on that one. That was just going to be a really tough game um, no matter what, and they lost it. So the game four, which we'll talk about now, was a much more frustrating loss to me because it was, it was there for them. Yeah. I, I guess before we get on to game four, was the loss of Draymond Green more of a psychological edge for the Warriors? Or do they just plumb play better without that guy? Well, I, I thought, you know, and, and I kind of felt this way before the, you know, the game was played. I said, you know, putting pool in the starting lineup, the spacing is going to be so much better uh, because, you know, with Draymond and, and Looney both out there, you got two guys you don't really have to guard much. And so it makes it easier to make it tough on Steph and, and and clay and all and and wiggins but uh so and i think that's kind of the thing that happened i mean i thought i think they were just harder to guard and uh you know they got a great performance out of moody uh you know which he's a good i think good potential young player uh so yeah i i mean i i think draymond's an overrated player personally but i mean he's a good player but he provides defense and rebounding and ball movement uh uh, and and so he has his value, but I think honestly that you know what we found out is that probably as an off the bench player might be his best role, and uh, uh, and and so anyway, yeah, I, I I was concerned. I thought they'd be better offensively for sure, by and they were. Tony, uh, Kevon Looney put up a very Draymond Greeny uh, four points, nine assists, twenty rebounds that game. Uh, do you feel like they play just plumb better without him, or was this a, a matchup thing like Jerry was talking about? I think this worked out perfectly for the Warriors. I might have a different take on this, but they they get the um the game without Draymond, game three, they get to, you know, feed into the crowd. They're down, their backs are against the wall. They have all that energy going into the game. And then game four, 
you have Draymond returning, which was like another whole whole different thing where and Draymond was fantastic in game four. So I know he got suspended in game two. People were didn't think it was a great suspension, whatever. I think it actually worked out pretty good for the Warriors the way it all shook out. They got to figure out the spacing issue without having Draymond in game three. And then Draymond comes again. He comes back in game four and has what I thought was his best game of the series coming off the bench. And Kerr even talked about it post game, how he really liked the spacing with Poole in there over Draymond. So you almost, I mean, no one did this on purpose, but the Kings kind of gave the Warriors an opportunity to shake things up with their lineup. And it really worked. It couldn't have worked out better for them. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, too, I think Curry is probably a happy guy. Yeah. He's probably been wanting to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this, uh, and then, you know, and then they will say, well, Draymond, you know, may, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. We don't know, but that he really requested, you know, um, you shouldn't change anything. I'll come on, you know, that sort of thing. Now, he's, you know, I wouldn't say he did say that, but it wouldn't be the first time that probably a coach is uh, covered for a guy. Uh, you know, pretty much like Kirk covered for uh, Curry on that technical, which <laughs> I'm convinced I'm convinced he did. Now maybe maybe he's telling the truth, but but that's what you should do as your coach. You you cover for your superstar for sure. Okay, so game four, uh, game four was a fairly decent regroup game. I think uh, Kings had a chance to go up three one. They'd seen the Warriors on their home court, what it would be like in the playoffs, and they just looked more comfortable. I feel like Fox had another stellar game at 38 points, a uh, nine rebounds, five assists. Keegan Murray, uh, Keegan Murray finally came alive. He had 23 points shooting five of seven from deep. Uh, but then you still have guys like Barnes and Herter who shoot a combined uh, four or 15 scoring just 11 points made up for a bit by Monk and Mitchell having outstanding games off the bench. Uh, it, you know, late in the game, Kings keep it close. Thanks to Steph Curry pulling kind of a uh, Chris Weber fab five timeout maneuver. Fox hits that three with a broken finger, and ultimately the final play, he has to dish it out to Barnes, who just missed an open three for the win. Uh, Jerry, Tony, what did you guys see from the Kings' uh, recovery during game four? How did you feel like game four went for them? Well, for for me, I mean, uh, to me, this has been a really competitive, uh, no-quit team pretty much all year, and that's just who they were in this game. You know, they've gotten down double figures I think in the first game as well and, and came back and won it. And they, and they did the same here. It looked like the Warriors had the game under control, uh, but the Kings don't quit and the Warriors don't quit. I'll give, you know, you've got, you've got a little bit of the looking in a mirror almost at times. And uh, you know, you know, when your first ballot hall of famer makes a blunder like he did, and he also misses uh, the key shot that could have won the game anyway, as well. Uh, so it could have been, uh, you know, we could have been making uh, Curry the, the goat of the game, which I would have liked to have been able to do, yeah. but it didn't work out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, a, a guy was asking me about the, the you know, Kerr, whether talking about we don't have a timeout. And I, I, I don't know. I, I've always said, you know, in general, what you do when you don't have a timeout in your last huddle, you, you tell everybody twice because uh, i mean you you know when you first sit down you get a group hey guys we don't have any timeouts and then before you break the huddle you say guys we don't have any timeouts <laughs> now now and, and having said that there's still usually about 20 percent don't get the message you know <laughs> you know because they're think, thinking about the, somebody else or something you know i don't know but but i mean by doing it twice uh 
I learned that from Dean Smith told me that once. He said, always, always say it, tell it <laughs> twice. Don't, don't assume they got it the first time. <laughs> Tony, how do you feel like the, uh, the Kings did in game four? I would have felt pretty good heading into game five after that effort if Fox hadn't been injured. I don't want to go back to the Fox thing, but that's just how I felt about the game. That the Kings put in a good effort there. There was some sloppiness down the stretch for sure. And I was frustrated before Curry called the timeout. Like in my mind, that game was already over before he made that mistake. And I was frustrated that the Kings had made some turnovers down the stretch, some carelessness with the ball, didn't uh, couldn't finish a few layups that really would have changed the game. So I was I, I, the the Curry mistake was a gift to me because I had already counted that as a as a loss, and then the Kings get a miraculous second chance, and Harrison Barnes just couldn't uh, couldn't make the jumper. So the ending was frustrating, but overall, I thought that was a much better effort in a tough environment, and I I feel good going into Game Five outside of the the Fox injury, but because the Kings get, unlocking Keegan Murray is huge for them. They needed some other guy to step up, and Keegan was awesome in that game. And Keegan is the kind of player that. I feel like he's done this a few times in the past where he'll go through a little bit of a slump. And then once he's out of it, he's out of it. And you've got Keegan Murray again for a, for a solid stretch. So we'll see if that translates into game five in Sacramento, but getting Keegan Murray back on track um, in a close loss is a pretty good outcome to me. If you can go into game five healthy, they're not healthy. So that's the issue. Yeah. There's a bit of emotional whiplash here, Tony, uh, an aspect of this that even like I'm seeing in the reflection of like uh, my notes prior to, to the podcast today, <laughs> Because like I've got certain questions that now they were already unanswerable, and now they're truly unanswerable because I don't know if Fox is going to play or not. Uh, uh, it was one of those things that like I felt very similar that this was a game that though frustrating. It's like all right, like you figured it out. You figured that like this kind of newer Draymond Green off the bench lineup. You figured it out in Game Four. Game Five is another one where you can kind of build off of that and have a home crowd behind you to help push you through some of those turnovers or help sharpen you up or whatever you feel like the home crowd does for you. Uh, and 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 now with Fox, I have no idea how to feel about this. Like I'm happy Keegan Murray's back at the sacrifice of Fox's finger. Like, uh, so I guess the, I guess we'll start here. The next question I was going to ask you guys is: Are we going to get a good game from the majority of starters before it's all said and done? And now it's kind of the question of: Can we survive? Can the Sacramento Kings survive a game in which two of their starters now don't play at the very peak of their 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 playing without Fox in the lineup? Well, I, I I don't think they can. They've got to really, you know, everybody's got to have a solid game. You know, it doesn't mean that each guy has to have a, a, a superior game, but you can't have any dead weight type thing. You know, I mean, you're going to need Trey Lyles to be effective, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, obviously the bonus has got to be closer to himself. You know, I, I going back to the fourth game, to me still the, the thing – that killed the Kings as all the thing. When you look at the stats, they were great. You know, right across the board, the shooting, the assist to turnover ratio, rebounding, everything was solid, but they didn't get to the line. Yeah. You know, they, they lost, uh, you know, seven points at the line. Now did the officials give them a bad whistle? I thought a little bit, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that, you know, but that's something, especially with Sabonis, he, he always, I mean, he got seven field goals. So normally that that's a 20 point game. Yeah. You know, he's going to get six free throws. Now what's he doing not to get get free throws? Well, they're defending better for one. Uh they're probably getting by with some a couple of things too, you know, a little bit. Uh but I mean the team in general just not getting to the line as much and and so I I do think the home court 
will help that. You know, do you tend to get a, if there is a little bit of a emotional call, you, the home team gets it. It also, I think the home court, I'd be scared death if the game five was, was not at home, yes. but I think that's why, you know, with, with whether it's Davion or, or Monk or, or Terrence Davis, whoever, if, you know, shooting, uh, you know, shooting at home's always better. And, and so I, I think that's, uh, I'm, I'm telling myself that by God, and that's the way it is. <laughs> uh, Jerry, I guess, I guess I'll ask on it because you touched on it. Uh, and Tony, you can jump in on this too. Could you talk to me about Sabonis and how you feel like his series has gone through four games and then maybe how critical it is that he steps up in Fox's absence? Well, I mean, I think he's got to do more, you know, but, but he's not a guy who is a big time offensive player. Yeah. You know, I think what's made him who he is and his value is, is, you know, he's a guy who generally shoots 12, 13 times and gets you 20 points, uh, you know, without really forcing anything. And he gets to the line, he gets assists, turnover ratio is really good. He's going to get the re- – well, overall, his stats aren't that bad for the series, except, you know, in my mind, uh, it's dropped off because he's not getting to the line. He's not getting those those four or five extra points. Uh, and so he's got to find a way, I think, to do that. Or, you know, and, and of course, I think it's got to start with him going ahead and taking that open 15-foot shot. Yeah. You know, they're giving it to you, take it. He took two, he made one. Uh, okay, It'll take four, make two. I don't care. But, he, you know, he's he's got, he's got to do that more. I mean, I think this is where his – a penchant for doing everything he can to find somebody else is, isn't the best move. Tony, what about you? Yeah, I've been pretty disappointed in Sabonis this series. Not He hasn't been awful, but there have been games where they just needed him to be an all-star, and I feel like he hasn't been an all-star level player for a mm-hmm. majority of this series. So it's just not enough. And it, the playoffs does this. The playoffs does expose – weaknesses so you can go through an entire regular season thinking that the player you are is enough and then once you get into the playoffs and against a season team like the Warriors who have really good players to defend Sabonis Looney he has one job really it's the defense Sabonis and rebound I guess and Draymond Green had a couple of really nice strips on Sabonis uh in game four too so he's always there lurking um when Sabonis is making a move to the basket and when the shooting has gotten as cold as it has, the assists aren't there like we're used to seeing with Sabonis. So just everything that he has been doing for the, in the regular season that has been so impressive has all been just a little bit worse in the playoffs, as expected to some degree because the playoffs are tough. But at one of these games, I'd love to see an all-star performance out of Sabonis. Um, I don't think we've seen his best yet. There's a lot of reasons for that. I, I do think I, I'll give credit to Kerr. I think they've defended Sabonis really well this series and he's he's missing a lot of layups that he doesn't miss his his field goal percentage is way down from the regular season so he's he's got to figure it out and that's a a simple answer because i don't know how to figure it out he's he's got to do it but uh if he doesn't the kings are not going to win this series especially with the fox injury so um overall i i am a little bit disappointed in in what he's done so far against the warriors um but giving credit to them too because they're playing him tough yeah you know the the thing it's I think uh, really has affected him a little bit is normally he he's a, the strongest guy on the floor mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden Looney is, is probably stronger than he is. 
and he can't bounce him like he does a lot of guys. I mean, other than Stephen Adams, I, I hadn't seen a guy all year that didn't that he didn't punish, yeah. and he's not punishing Looney, and so I think that's been a jolt to him. And and I always said I think the the strength of uh, one of the, the great strengths of uh, Sabonis is that during the regular season he plays at his hundred percent every play every game. And, you know, as opposed to, I always said about, and don't mean this is disrespect to Weber, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it come, but Webb always had another level he could go to. And now that doesn't make you as consistently good as a bonus, but in playoffs, and I've always said that's what happens sometimes. You know, the, the more gifted guys can raise their games. I mean, you see it with the Jimmy Butler, who mm-hmm. is just a pretty good player most of the, so most of the regular season and then becomes a major star because he has it and he can raise his game. And, and, and I don't know what you do about that. I think Demon Domas is, is capable of doing better than he has, but, but I mean, to me, it, it's almost like, well, this is, this is, you know, I mean, this is why he's an all-star and deservedly so because the guy's a ball buster, 82 games. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's certainly not lack of effort yeah. in any of the playoff games, uh, but he's athletically, he is not a superior athlete, com- com- you know, and so that's, you know, effort takes you so far. And so, uh, we'll just have to see, I, I like I say, I think, you know, I'm just hoping for a little more productivity, uh, you know, the, like I say, get the line a little more all of a sudden, you know, get your 20 points on, on 14 shots instead of 15 points on 14 shots, that, that sort of thing. And, uh, and they're, you know, the rebounding, uh, you know, I think there's always a, a couple, he he's having a tough time getting because of you know, loony size, keeping him away. Who's doing a great job. You know, I mean, the guy's an underrated player. And as you point out, Tony, I mean, uh, Draymond is a terrific defender. And so, his quickness, his quickness and athleticism really do bother yeah. Domas. So it's a tough, you know, they, uh, you know, one thing about the Warriors and Kerr, I mean, it's like, it's not like they don't know what they need to do and that that he's a real key. So prognosticate for me a little bit, guys. Uh, teams that win game five of a 2-2 best of seven series go on to win the series 84.1% of the time. So what what do you guys think we should expect? Or I guess we could even say what will you guys hope for in games five and six and possibly even seven, which would be played on on Sunday? Ooh, well, I'm, I'm expecting uh, an unbelievable breakout game from several guys and getting a win. The crowd will really help, uh, regardless of the Fox situation. And game six, probably uh, Warriors get an easy win. <laughs> and then come back uh, game game seven. And like I've said, that's why you want to be third instead of six. You get four home games, they get three. <laughs> and so uh, if you win at home, you'll win the series. That's that's it. Yeah. To me, game five is the series. Um, at least for at least for the Kings. The Kings cannot cannot lose game five, or this is pretty much over for them. From there, we'll see. I just don't think they'd go out. You know, because again, you lose game five, you lose game six, then you go out four straight losses. I don't think this team is that with or without Fox. So I'm expecting a good effort and a win in game five, despite all the issues we've talked about so far. 
You know, the one last kind of last thing on on Herder, he's, he's really been disappointing. And and but but I was talking with Aileen Voisson the other day, and she was talking about, you know, he just he just hadn't had any experience. I said, well, yes, he has. He scored twenty seven in a game seven against the Sixers two years ago to get them get the Atlanta Hawks to the Eastern Finals. So he's capable. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's done it. So yeah. that doesn't mean he will again. But, but yes, uh, to say that he can't do it—that's ridiculous. Of course, he can. He's done it. All right. So we're going to run over to a commercial break real quick, and we'll be right back with some uh, Patreon questions of the day. Sacramento Electronic Supply now has stock on TrendNet switches, five to eighteen port gigabyte power over Ethernet switches for all your networking and camera needs. Stop on by their location directly south of Costco in Rancho Cordova, Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Hey, or visit them online 24-7 at www.sacelect.com. All right, we are back from commercial break. Tony, why don't you go ahead and jump on us? What questions you got for us today? Thanks, Will. On every episode of this podcast, we ask at least one question from our King's Herald patrons. You can submit questions at Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash King's Herald, or on the website or on Twitter. Uh, any question that you don't hear answered here will get answered on our Patreon-exclusive Q&A that we record once a month. Um, so jumping into the questions, I loved this one from Sacktown Smackdown, and uh, he asks, what are some of Jerry's all-time gutsy performances? With the potential of Fox out, could we see a performance similar to some of the greats? Reed coming out of the tunnel, Isaiah's ankle injury against the Lakers, and MJ's flu game come to mind. We need one, Jerry. (laughs) 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 Yeah, well, that's you know that's a great question because that's what you need, and and uh, I can't you know I, I I certainly think of some heroic performances over the years with guys. uh, uh, maybe minor injuries or always remember a, a, was a regular season game. A page, I think went for 47 in Toronto. had been uh, hurt for a little while. Uh, you know, trying to think, uh, you know, some others, I know Mitch uh, Richmond had a, just an unbelievable game in Seattle in a playoff game, just uh, dominated uh, Gary Payton you know, guarded him, stopped him, scored on him, you know, just simply pulled it. And, and, you know, he had, uh, hadn't been able to practice the day before. I mean, he, I don't really know what it was, but you know, it was one of those things where you weren't sure what you were going to get and you got a, a heroic performance. So, uh, you know, I always go back to the first year the Kings were in, uh, in Sacramento and, and made the playoffs and, and really good played well down the stretch of the season to get there. And Mike Woodson was uh, played every game, you know, with a knee injury. He was, you know, and played extremely well. You know, he had to have surgery after the season, you know, as a, a meniscus tear. But uh, so it's happened. <laughs> it's happened. And, uh, you know, so and I always remember, you know, as you guys do, the the, the first game Domas played, you know, with the the, the finger injury, you know, really had a terrific game. So, and that's what the Kings need. I mean, they just need that. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say you, you can necessarily should expect it from Fox, but, it, but somebody else, there's no reason to say that 
hey, maybe Davion goes for 20 and 10 assists and really makes a tough on Steph. Well, uh, I, you know, one thing about that, Davion, I believe, I don't know if he'll do that, but I know he's not going to gag. I know he isn't scared of the moment. And uh, I think that says a lot. I'm pretty sure of that. This is why I love having the Kings back in the playoffs because even, you know, even despite the Fox injury, I'm not that negative or down because this is the, you, you create opportunities for someone to have a, a legacy game in a moment like that. And the, the Kings have players on this roster that can do it. They, they absolutely do. So um, why not, why not have someone create a memory that the Kings fans can, can have forever. I think of like Bonzi Wells scoring 38 against the Spurs they lost that yep. game, but still, you the, these are NBA players. They are capable of stepping up and having a moment, and there's plenty of guys on this roster that can do that. Will, do you have any uh, immediate gutsy performances or any predictions for who it might be for the Kings? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say, I'm going to read off the stat line. I'm going to pre- predict the exact same stat line for Keegan Murray. Uh, Giannis in, game, uh, in the finals, when we thought he blew out his knee, oh, yeah. and then mm-hmm. in a clinching game, had 50 points, 14 rebounds, five block shots hit 17 of 19 from the free throw line. That's going to be Keegan. That's going to be Keegan. <laughs> He's going for 50. Right. Uh, just, just, just to show us, just to give Tony his, uh, his, his legacy game. And, and we're going to be going to the Warriors and the Warriors are going to be uh, scared shitless in game six. So that, that'll, that'll be my, that's my one prognostication for the day. We're going to see Keegan with 50 on, on, uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Why set the bar low? No, you know? no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Yeah. 50 from Keegan. Yeah. Yeah. Don't put well, it, that way. Don't, no, no pressure on the rookie. Let's get you'll 50. hear it and you'll go, you know what? He'll only score 30 yeah. and he'd be like, oh, I did a good job, I guess. Yeah. It'll have won us yeah. the game, but set the bar up really high. So when you, when you miss, uh, you still did pretty good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Tony. Another question here I wanted to ask from our, uh, from our pal Phantom. I know Jerry, you know him well. Uh, he oh, asks, yeah. Jerry, do you see Sabonis looking to be more of a scorer than a facilitator early in game five? And also, what do you think about Bark as a landscaping feature? To be honest, I don't know what the second half of this question is referencing, but maybe Jerry can enlighten. Minus. Well, I, I can. Let me uh, answer this the second part first. Bark as a land. Uh, Mrs. Reynolds, is uh, she likes Bark. <laughs> and uh, there was a Home Depot at a bark sale and we, we have uh, loads of bark and I've unloaded lots of bark oh, no. and she bought bark from my son's house and she's a, so anyway, it's just uh, one of those things you live with. And, and, and I've always said, I'd rather her, I, I don't mind her buying, I've got used to buying bark or, or, or shrubs or whatever, because she doesn't really care about jewelry. And so it's actually a very good deal for the Jerry Not man. Bad. I'm telling you that. So, uh, so I'm very, very pleased. Mrs. Reynolds, that's what she likes to spend money on is, is landscaping things. And to Phantom's point about, about Sabonis, I think he, he will look to be more aggressive and, you know, uh, you know, I, I know Phantom made a good point uh, the other day about a, a deal where, you know, he'd like to see Sabonis, especially in this series, give the ball up a little sooner, uh, you know, on the open court situations. And I agree with that. I mean, I think we've seen him get caught from behind or get in a little bit of trouble when he's busting up the court after a rebound or whatever, somebody finds him. I'd sure like to see him uh, find the guards a little quicker 
and then get to a spots a little quicker. So that would be, uh, but to answer the question, yeah, I think he'll look to be more aggressive. He needs to, uh, I won't say a lot more because that's still not his game. His game is getting others involved. Will, any, um, any thoughts on bark as a landscaping feature? I'm curious, Jerry, did she buy mulch or did she buy bark? No bark. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's bought mulch, too. Don't I know mulch <laughs> as well. <laughs> and, I know, and I know decorative rock. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, no. I, I don't know a lot about it. I just know how to unload it. Yeah. And carry, you know, and put it in wheelbarrows and carry it yeah. places. So, I'm a big mulch yeah. guy, not a big bark guy. I get too many splinters yeah. with, with bark. So a wetter mulch is more my... Is well, more we'll my see thing. the... The real issue here is in <laughs> Roseville, where we live, is that the friggin' turkeys are taking over the earth, and uh, <laughs> and so the you know she always getting more bark to cover up stuff to keep the turkeys. It doesn't work, and so now she has to put decorative rocks in certain areas so the turkeys can't eat her plants or whatever. I don't know, sure. and I mean, I mean they're. It's just a matter of time before turkeys will take over the earth. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I I have no opinions on on Sabonis. I just care about Jerry's lawn and Jerry's uh Jerry's gardening right now. That's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah, I will uh, definitely take more landscaping questions. It is spring over here, so I could <laughs> yeah. use some advice too. Hey, uh, I just one last story on Mrs. Reynolds. That's where I went to Home Depot with her once last year and it's like we walked in there and, and ever all the workers hi mrs reynolds hi mrs reynolds <laughs> i said man this is not good you're, you're on, on on you know on personal personal uh, notes with all the workers there so uh, so so that explains my situation guys it's the only well, is, it, yeah, is it the only place in sacramento where she's more popular than you are jerry well, there's a couple places of it. There's, yeah, there's more than one. The neighborhood, for one thing. <laughs> uh, okay, Jerry. Uh, without further ado, let's roll over to you for the uh, for the Reynolds wrap up of the episode. Well, I, I think the only thing I've got to say is just you know it's been a marvelous year. Uh, we've saw things we didn't think we'd see you know, achievements we didn't think the team was capable of. And so, okay, it's 2-2. You got your star player uh, in question. Uh, you just got to believe once more. One thing about the team, you know they're not going to quit on you. They're going to battle. They're going to scrap. They're going to give you what you got. And uh, I've always said uh, I can take losses when you have have teams like this that give you everything they have. And, and this team has probably come as close to that as any team in Sacramento Kings history, even the ones that are more talented. So uh, just, uh, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game, and I'm going to count on seeing a hell of a game and, and maybe just a crushing defeat for the <laughs> evil dubs. Uh, well, uh, 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 either way, this series, this, uh, this best of three series now is going to be wrapped up uh, by Sunday. So uh, the next time we'll be speaking to you, we'll either be speaking to you from the uh, from the second round of the NBA playoffs, or we will be speaking to you at the beginning of the off season. But all I know is that uh, it's been a, it's been a wonderful ride, regardless uh, with Tony and Jerry this season. And uh, my fingers are crossed. I'm I'm pretty hopeful that we get to continue on to the second round. Uh, I guess I won't cross my index finger too hard in the hopes of 
of not ending up like De'Aaron Fox, but uh, send all the good vibes to uh, the Golden One Center, and uh, we will see you uh, this time next week. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you then.